Hello and welcome to the Spirit World Center. The following is the Spirit World Center podcast. If you have any questions about the spirits or shamanic training, you can visit our website at spiritworldcenter.com. And now, please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Spirit World Center. Today, I'm joined by Kaisa Ingelson. She is a creator, spiritual self-empowerment guide, wild woman, and holistic lifestyle blocker, among many other things. Kaisa, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And so today we'll be talking about what you do and your your spiritual practices, and then we'll be jumping into some of the paranormal and spiritual and psychedelic things that you've seen throughout your life. So that's going to be really fascinating. So, but to start things off, can you tell us about who you are and and what kind of spiritual life you live? Oh, who I am. Uh, oh well, yeah, I am a. Uh, wild woman always been um, living uh, going my own way and uh, never really was drawn to the whole uh, working studying started to travel left my country when I was 21 and lived uh, in 12 different countries by now on four different continents um, and uh, I was I was very lost for a very long time uh, did a lot of drugs a lot of partying until um, until one day I, I could no more. Slowly but surely, you know, when you just like hit, hit rock bottom, went to rehab, met my ex, was with him for, for seven years and, and this beautiful, uh, half Canadian actually, <laughs> uh, human being created such a safe space for me so that I was able to start unpacking my trauma and start healing. I started getting to all these different um, spiritual ways of, of, of healing say uh, meditation but also seeing uh, other practitioners body talk emotion code um, it sort of came natural to me because um, my mother when I was kind of young 15 she told me that I come from a long line of witches which you don't want to hear when you're 15 right <laughs> so I was like no you, you know you can keep that for yourself nope uh, but as I started to unpack it more and more things started to open up for me, and I started to see the world in uh, in a new light. Um, and today, I'm at the point where I'm um, I'm a spiritual self empowerment guide, working with people to help them find their path and purpose. That's fantastic. And so, when you're helping people find their path and purpose, uh, what methodologies do you use for that? How do you help? Well, I do. It's a coach, coach, coach-based um, uh, program. So we do a lot of talking. I will send uh, targeted uh, meditation. We'll do breathing exercises, body, extra, like to get into the body more. I, I usually send uh, questions for them to to answer. But also tapping into uh, food. I use my um, tarot cards to to do readings every session. So um there is that and yeah mostly i've been working with uh recently it's been young women so that's been um those methods has been have been working a lot uh, very well for them as well as breeding most people do not breed um that's a big one actually that's a big one they breathe do you find they breathe with their upper lungs and they don't like let the lower lungs out and in that and a lot of people they do not exhale they inhale, but they do not exhale. 
which creates actually creates a toxic environment inside of your body. Plus, obviously, the diaphragm is not working the way it's supposed to do, creating more stress. Um, so that's what I'm what I'm doing, and sort of giving, um, putting out a message to give if anybody needs permission. But unfortunately, a lot of people seem to do these days that it, it's okay to, if you do your purpose and your path is not what is taught by society. It's okay to not want to be a millionaire. It's okay to not want to have it have it all or have, have the bag or travel the world. It's okay to want to just live peacefully and, and have a garden inside of the woods. If that's your thing, if it's just to create a family and, and that's gonna bring you so much peace to just raise children, that's also okay. If you want to be a billionaire, I mean, go for it. That's actually a huge one, I find, in that, and we especially find this shamanically as well, is that in finding your life purpose, very often you find it in a way where it's like, okay, I just want to live my little pattern here, have my life, mm -hmm. and just live it well in my own way. Mm -hmm. And society has this, you know, go big or go home type mm -hmm. mindset where it's like, you have to be the millionaire, you have to have, you know, 100 million views on this or that you have to be the the success this and well, it's already right there, right? You have to be the success. You have to have, you have to break free from everyone to have a valuable life. And that's absolutely insane, right? What is valuable is actually living a life that is, well, valuable to you living your pattern, right? How do you find that you help people figure out what they, they want to do as opposed to, you know, the big millionaire success story? How do you, how do they find what makes them happy? Usually it I start tapping into their passions. And a lot of people, they don't have passions or like it's, it's, it's not their passions are not their own. So then I go to whatever makes you curious, what sparks the, the smallest sort of curiosity. And we go down that road and see if there is something, if it starts burning more or no, okay, then we go into another one. But again, it's the key is to be able to be honest with yourself and honest, present, and, and this you get with the meditation. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. You have the the clues already there, the passions. Just follow yeah. that down, meditate and on it. What emotions do you want to feel? Like if you picture your your say perfect life or most desired life, what emotions do you want to feel? Okay, so in your life today, what things are you doing? What people when you what people are you around when you're feeling these emotions? Okay, let's explore that then. I love it. I think you're doing great work. That's fantastic. You. Uh, so you've had many interesting experiences throughout your life. And uh, in our pre-interview, you were mentioning that you've had lots of ghost stuff. Uh, can you uh, can you elaborate on that? Uh, what's happened there? First of all, I get it. I, this, this one I get from my mom. <laughs> my parents, I mean, when I was young, I was very, I was sort of always aware that there was something in the dark. I would run home from, from, from school when it was dark and stuff like this, but I didn't. But my mom was like, if you don't believe in it, you're not going to see it, she told me. So don't believe in it and you're not going to see it. So I'm, I don't believe, I don't believe I'm running home. You know? But then uh, I was living in, at this time, I was living in, in, in Los Angeles. And, uh, and you know, I was waking up in the middle of the night at three, of course. Uh, and I was looking to, towards my, my, um, my closet and I see this really tall guy, two meters standing, no face. Okay, so I close my eyes really hard and I open up my eyes again, he's not there. Okay, and that night my my dog 
went into my mother was visiting so she went into my uh, my mother's bedroom and, and, and woke her up and stared at her and was growling um so and she, he's like i'm not gonna sleep in there i'm gonna sleep in here with you she's like okay come on let's sleep here then and he would he would bark every night at three and we didn't get it okay the next day um me and my mother come home from uh, from being out on the town and I look through the hallway, through the kitchen into the dining area, and I see this man, and I think it's my boyfriend at the time. So I'm like, Cody, nobody's answering. My mom was like, don't be alarmed. It smells a lot like sweat. This is not Cody. We need to do a circle now. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Okay, so we go down, we sit in the couch. She starts uh, chanting, we're holding hands. The dog is, is in between us. And her eyes roll back in her head. And from the the the, um, the room where he's standing, there is a light. I'm just sitting there. I think at this point I close my eyes because this is just like way too much for me to handle. And and she goes there and there is smoke. And she's like, yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't think he wanted to go to the light, but at least he left the place. It's like, okay, this is this. But if, the dog never barked at 3 a.m. again. And then I never saw him. So, um, so there was that one, which was like uncomfortable but it slowly faded um and then another time we were we were living in in madrid and we went to this there was a very very old basilica there um i think it was there they actually uh, helped to hide the jews there in the in the basements during the world war ii and we were walking around there and this is my ex was actually oh let's let's have sex here and I'm like no no we're not having sex in no church I'm telling you that much I don't, I don't want to and he's like okay fine you're so boring and I'm like okay whatever we go and then we come home and at three that night I wake up and there's this huge white light hovering over the bed my ex very was very scared of ghosts so he's he's he, he started to scream and I'm like no but it's okay and it's this it's this white present it's it and it's one of the old priests they have been guarding this church for, for hundreds and hundreds of years. And then I have come and, and he, he recognized me and he's telling me that he wants to go to the other side. And it was beautiful. Like you could just see his, I mean, it was almost saint-like, his spirit. So, so I tell him, yes, I, I open a portal and I give you permission to go to the light. And, and it just faded. So that was a beautiful experience that left, left me feeling very um special actually so your partner at the time saw this as well so yeah. this is a, a dual setting interesting wow a lot happened i mean i was with him for seven years so but uh another time in another house in 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 la pretty beautiful garden beautiful house we loved it during the day it was amazing and then every time the sun started to go down we both started to be you know uncomfortable and it just felt like something was there and it felt like it was not nice like we would wake each other up in the middle if we need to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and like go both of us to the bathroom, you know, at that point. And, and I remember I was, at the time I was doing a lot of, I was very, I was studying Buddhism a lot. So I was doing a lot of uh, chanting meditation every day uh, for 30 minutes or something. And, and I think this really pissed this guy off because I'm sleeping at three and at three in the night, I see this black figure with long hands with claws and no face and he comes when I'm sleeping and pulls me out of the bed and I get terrified and I start screaming and I start like um, scratching holding on to my um, 
to my ex and, and uh, he wakes up and like jumps up, grabs a knife and him and the dog thinks it's a burglar, right? Um, start chasing him and uh, and after that we saw him like many times he was like standing behind corners he started to show himself in the in the days too we 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 moved house because there was nothing I tried to make him go away but he's like he was he belonged it was a rental he belonged to that house so much more than we belonged to that house and um, it was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life because I wasn't sure if it was a ghost, if it was an alien. It sort of felt like it was an alien that was going to like kidnap me and take me away. And I, I, I really love Earth. I want to stay on Earth. I really like it here. That is an interesting experience. And when you were seeing this being, did it feel like something you were seeing kind of your third eye, kind of a psychic sense? Or did it feel like, okay, you're seeing it physically? Oh no, we were. I was seeing it physically, like it was there. And when it was, when it was showing up during the day, like would it be in the corners? Would it, and was it just kind of fleeting glimpses of it, or would you be yes. able to see it for prolonged periods? No, it was more like fleeting glimpses. But I was in the corner, you know, behind peeking or like running across something fast, you know, like very. Uh, and actually, because I did, um, I spoke. I did a session with one of my healers and we did like, um, we were speaking with my spirits, spirit guides and they came to me and they told me, just so you know, you don't have to be scared about that old grumpy man because he belongs to that house. He's never going to bother you again. Right. So do you get the sense that it being a rental, you and this being maybe just clashed in terms of like personality or something? It didn't like someone being in that house? I think it he did not like the chanting mm -hmm. i think he did not like the chanting to be honest i think that i was raising the vibration too much for his liking there was too much light mm -hmm. for his liking, um to be honest and um yeah no that was that was not a very very nice experience uh, circling back to uh your first encounter there with uh the the tall man and your mother going into what sounds like trance to to pass it over um your mother she says that you're from a line of witches is this uh do you get the sense that this is a kind of traditional genealogical uh witch background to your family a hereditary tradition yes and i i know that uh quite a lot of of people in, in my family they got burned at the stake at the mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. uh i did a, a past life regression where i was actually sort of i was my my little brother was uh, the father and, and me and my mother, we were the children and they, they took him and, and burnt him for, for being a healer. And um, I was actually pulled out of that family matrix trauma. And the next day, my writing totally changed because that trauma had left an impact on me that it was not safe to really show and express who you are. Because, I mean, obviously you will get burned at the stake. So it was very interesting how that totally changed the way I express myself. I've actually seen and encountered that type of energetic impression left over before where, you know, a lot of people, they are part of a hereditary line of at least weirdness, right? Even if they weren't full-fledged, you know, there's, there's this psychic ability, perhaps it's being passed from mother to daughter. And What's curious there is that, yeah, if there was persecution in the past, it can lead to this kind of subconscious 
persecution complex in in the the person living now even though you know really we live in the most open society when it comes to being weird right we don't get burned anymore but it can there can be a lot of hesitation there to be different because of that pers past persecution so you're also saying that you've had a lot of interesting uh, psychedelic experiences uh, can you tell us uh, some about that yeah so when i first um got sober i went to uh, an ayahuasca camp in costa rica this was this was before it became really cool actually and uh, and i did i drank ayahuasca three times in six days which is quite a lot and it was it was a small retreat it was it was beautiful and i was was very scared and uh, and she showed me i feel because i have I've done a lot of uh, mushrooms. I've done the ayahuasca and I've showed, I have taken the bufo alvarius, which is uh, the frog that you smoke and they have it in North Mexico. And the ayahuasca helped me find my, find my purpose because I was very lost and she was showing me, I was getting a lot. She was unpacking a lot of my trauma, showing me how I separated myself and, 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 and all my fears, but also giving me a lot of love. And at one point I was a dolphin with my friends and, and I went outside of this, this little hut we were in and I saw the soul and everything. And I realized the interconnectedness um, between everything and and I realized that my purpose was to pass on this knowledge but also because I have a human body I'm able to protect all things so the, the planets the animals the the the, the, the earth um, so I understood that that was my my purpose she also showed me because you can ask her questions and she showed me why I was sick that I was had a really unbalanced microbiome and all these microbes in me and uh, I took a test like uh, I think eight months later and I had like a really bad parasite infection that I've been having for years uh, probably since I was 12 and went to Thailand with my family um, and then the shrooms they really helped me to heal after trauma microdosing well a little bit more than microdosing but like small doses and every day for four months and it really wow. helped me heal. It comforted me to be able to go into the traumatic and see things because I had Stockholm syndrome after I was uh, kidnapped for 12 days in, in Cape Town. So it really helped me to go into that and sort of start to unpack. And because the Stockholm syndrome is a really uh, it's a tough one to get out of. And I didn't want to go see a psychologist because I was like, they were just going to give me medication. And I was trying to, to not go back into that. And then lastly, the, which I think I prefer the most, the, the sapito, the buffalvarius frog that you smoke I, mm. the, two years ago on a nice little private ceremony in a beach in Mexico. And, and you go in with a question or an intention. My intention was um, to surrender control. And I smoke it. And apparently, like, the first thing I do is I hug myself really tight and I'm laying in the sand and I'm rolling around. And in the trip, it was someone strangling me and I couldn't breathe and I had to go into these arms and nestle who it was and it took an eternity and I come and I'm standing face to face with myself and yeah no I'm keeping you safe the world is a dangerous place you cannot be who you are you you, you don't understand I'm doing this first it's like yeah but I can literally not breathe and I'm having a conversation with myself and finally I'm shipping for my last breath um 
oh, you sure we can let go? I'm like, yeah, please let go. And, and I open my arms in the sand and it explodes in this beautiful, beautiful universal love, something that I have, have never felt. And, um, and after that, I found my power. Oh, that is fantastic. It, it sounds like the, the psychedelic experience then certainly has helped you work through trauma and also figure a lot of relationships out at the ego level, like that, that kind of, as you're describing there, that uh, self-preservation slash, this is a scary world out there. We can't be ourselves. We can't open up. We have to stifle ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's immensely powerful at breaking through that. It's wonderful. Wonderful. No, no, I think psychedelics, they're really, they really have their place in, in the spiritual community and they can be very helpful and beneficial, but you need to make sure that you're doing the good ones. You need to make sure that you have someone to guide you. Mm -hmm. And that's, and a lot of times these days they do it in too big of a groups, you know, 30 people no, like, because everybody's bringing their energy and their trauma. And, and it's like, if the, it's, the, the shaman that I did the, um, the buffo with, uh, Don Rafa, very, very good man. He says he never does groups over five people. He's mm -hmm. like, because I am not able to contain the energy. And I, I, it, it takes too much of me. And he only does like obviously one ceremony, with, you do it in the morning. And he also says you should not be doing ceremonies at night. You always do the ayahuasca at night. But um, I don't know. I'm thinking a little bit if it's not better to do it during the day, I, I'm... The energy at night can be so dense. And if you're already going very deep, maybe it's nicer to have the light helping you there. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it definitely sounds helpful that you did ayahuasca before it was cool. Because, yeah, that's been the big problem, right? There was, there was actual good practitioners back in the day who were doing a really authentic and, and they were knowledgeable and they were trained at this. And then, of course, ayahuasca has become trendy, right? And so everyone has become a quote shaman, right? And there's so many um, there's so many practitioners out there who have huge groups and don't really know what they're doing, can't help you move through things, and that that guidance from someone who's been there before is so important when you're taking ayahuasca. So I'm glad that you had that experience. Yeah, and I'm really because I traveled so much, and I'm actually one of the. I said I'm a creator, so one of the projects that I'm doing, I'm opening a, a healing center in, in Mexico. Wonderful. So I have I'm I have the, the pleasure of knowing really good shamans that that we're gonna work with, that do we're gonna do the small groups because I think it's immensely beneficial for people to have this sort of ego death. It's really hard to get there with with meditation and self-reflection, especially if say you have kids and you have a nine to five job and and and, and a really pressing situation around you. No, it's really hard to get there. I imagine also another factor is if you have 30 other people around you and they're all purging their stuff, right? I mean, ayahuasca, you purge a lot of stuff, right? Mm. Um, there's there's a lot of energy swirling around there, influencing, yeah. getting on other people, right? I mean, that's that, it almost seems like you double the number of people. It's an exponential function in, in how many energies you have to control and get out of there, right? So yeah, small no. groups would be, seem to be the best. It can be quite dangerous, I think. Um, actually, and uh, and it's a shame because then it gets gets the reputation of being dangerous. And yes, some people maybe shouldn't take it, uh, but you know that if you really don't want to take it, no, then you probably shouldn't take it. Absolutely. Well, that sounds amazing. Starting that healing center up in Mexico, I I wish you the best with that. That sounds that sounds fantastic. 
And so I'm just going through my pre-interview notes here. You also mentioned that you have the ability to speak with animals, especially wild animals. How does that, uh, how does that take for? Right now I'm writing a, a little book about the encounters with animals. I did, um, so when I left from Mexico last November, I was completely broken, uh, completely just physically, mentally, spiritually. So I was living alone and on the top of a rooftop without so sleeping under the stars, uh, and I was walking in the jungle every day and I met a lot of animals and they all came carrying messages. I, I met some falcons, I met some snakes and a, a lot of butterflies and birds. And, and they started to, to convey me messages, but also I noticed, uh, this was actually in Canada and Montreal. I saw one of these, uh, what are they called? The Comoran birds, the black huge ducks. And it was injured and it had like a hook through the, the mouth and it, uh, with the line and the floater. And I saw him and I'm like, you, dude, this is not, the, you cannot fly, you cannot dive. Like, let's go to the, to the dock and I'll come and I will meet you. And he goes to the, swims to the dock and he goes up to the dock and he's laying there waiting for me. And he's just, and I was like, okay, so what do I do now? You know, <laughs> and there comes this little, little guy in like this paddle boat and he's like, oh you need help and I'm like yeah sure so we jump into this boat it goes this little shed and I hold the the beak open he goes in with the cutter and we cut this uh, this hook off and we let the bird free and and it was really cool experience to be trusted by a wild animal like that as well as you know when the the bumblebees they come and sleep between my fingers when they're really tired I just hold my hand out and um um yeah, they come and they tell me, they tell me stories. They tell me what I need to know. Um, they will come when I pray in front of my altar, like the seagulls or the crows will come to the balcony. And as I'm, I'm, I'm done praying, they look at me and they fly away. It's like they're carrying the message, you know? Wow. Wow. I like with the bumblebees and the, uh, um, and the geese, I imagine they're you know, picking up your energy. They're feeling you. That's amazing. When, when you say that they are leaving messages and communicating, are you getting this kind of an intuitive message? Are you hearing them? How's that, how's that happen? More like an intuitive message. And, and they come and have a, I have this book that's written by an um, indigenous uh, the Swedish woman up from the north. And, uh, and I usually check her book and, and it always sort of correlate, correlates what I feel within me that they want to say as well. So, so it's really, um, no, it's really cool. It's wonderful to have that intuitive link with the world around us. It can really guide us and, and lead us. That's fantastic. And, it's, and all of us do. It's just a matter of, of tapping into it and trusting it and, and, and sort of getting to know, reconnecting to yourself. Absolutely. Becoming aware and just reading the messages, right? Because they're out there. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. And speaking about messages, you were mentioning that you get warnings from the other side, including beds catching on fire. So can you tell us more about that? It was this this thing that uh, that I, I, I touched upon in, in Cape Town where, where there was that, that whole hostage, hostage situation and uh, nightmare. Um, Two days before this happens, my uh, I'm meditating and I have a I have a candle on, and all of a sudden I'm just like, why? It's like there is red everywhere, blinking in my head, and I open my eyes and, and my bed is on, is on fire, like, like this quite big flames, 
And I'm okay. And my dog is looking at me like, are you going to handle this? Or uh, so I run into the bathroom, I get a bottle of water and I get a towel and I pour the water on it and it grows. Like, so I throw the, throw the, cat, uh, the towel and it goes out. And I'm just sitting there for 10 minutes. And, and all I can hear is um, stay at home and stop smoking weed. Stay at home and stop smoking weed. Stay at home and stop smoking weed. I'm like, okay. And I lift the towel and it's like my phone charger that magically have fell in to the, um, to the candle. It's connected to the phone and it's connected to the wall. And it's, I'm, I kid you not, it's three millimeters from going into the phone and going into the wall at the same time. And that obviously would have been a disaster. Lucky for me, I had an organic towel and I had an organic latex mattress as well. Otherwise it would have been a disaster. And the next day I'm waking up and I'm like, uh, you know, I shouldn't smoke weed, I shouldn't smoke weed. I smoke weed. And uh, two days after uh, by buying weed, I run into the people that, that um, that's, uh, yeah, basically kidnapped me and moved into my house and robbed generations of, of jewelry. I'm so sorry you went through that. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, thank you. It was quite the, but it was quite a lesson. And I obviously do not smoke weed anymore. And I, me, I feel um, a bit torn because it's very accepted in the spiritual community or globally in any community, the weed and, and then that it's supposed to, you know, tune you in more and do all this good and to each in their own. Mm -hmm. In my experience, it's not, it's a powerful drug. Mm -hmm. it alters your reality and it alters your way of being and interacting with with the world and other people um but again to each in their own maybe for some people it's it's very soothing for me it's uh, it's almost like i get a psychosis where i become a, a very wild uh, teenager and make the decisions thereafter which is very dangerous i find yeah everyone has definitely has their own spiritual nervous system things affect us differently but uh yeah i mean up in canada here of course we have legal marijuana now and um you know i've always found that that when i take that substance i'm very very sensitive to it like even just very small amounts and i'm like over the moon uh mm -hmm. but yeah i've seen i've seen it affect people definitely it affects people in many different ways so many it's, different it's a good ways. lesson and a lot of people, they're smoking every day. And it's the first thing they do when they wake up. And then they smoke throughout the day. And me, I'm thinking, but if you need to do that, oh, yeah, but it makes me it makes me calm. It makes me this. But if you need to do that, then there is something that you're avoiding within yourself. It becomes an addiction. It is an addiction, even just a behavioral addiction, even if it's not a chemical dependency. Mm -hmm. uh, it's in many ways similar to coffee you're smoking right if you have to do it every day right i'm not saying it's a bad thing it can be something that gets you through life but at the same time you have to look at and say well why am i dependent on this yes exactly exactly I, no, so I just took everything i mean i did a lot of and all drugs more or less and 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 i loved it and i had a lot of fun like i'm not regretting it but i took it all away and even i stopped drinking coffee now i drink coffee every once in a while and and i notice what it does to my body how my nervous system is like i'm so ready to go on alert not not in a bad way but i am noticing it which i didn't do before when i was drinking it every morning sort of out of routine it's yeah. funny i i'm constantly going off and, and going back on coffee and i tend to go for like a month 
without coffee uh, nowadays. And yeah, the first day that I have it, oh, wow, I am wired. Like it is, you feel like, wow, this is actually a drug, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then on the second and third day, you're having that coffee, think, hoping for the same spike and you don't nearly get any of it. And then by the fourth day, you're just dependent on it. It's like, okay, I can't even wake up without having some. So it's, it is quickly addictive mm -hmm. and you, use that, you lose that initial spark so quickly. It's, okay. it's such an interesting, really drug. One of my one of my teachers tell me that we should not we should not depend on anything or yeah. or anyone and that includes and of course we've been talking substances but that includes like specific kinds of of meditations or, or whatever it is we should just be able to be and just flow with life because whatever we becomes addicted to becomes our our uh, become shame to it no mm -hmm. for me it was really hard doing this like living on and we lived in each country for three months and then we we moved and to keep my routines and stuff and i i love my routines but i need to be okay without them too mm -hmm. the whole world cannot fall fall apart and that's something i've been working with a lot this summer and uh i feel like i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty happy just being now it's hard to lure me out of my <laughs> out of my my zone fantastic the uh, the last point i have on our notes from our pre-interview uh, is about uh, healing yourself. That you've you've overcome a lot of repressed traumas. That you've, um, especially that you've overcome traumas that were coming out as as physical symptoms. In the time that we have left, would you like to talk about kind of any lessons that you've learned over the years? Anything that would be useful for those going through a similar process? How did you heal yourself? How can others do the same? um yeah well obviously it's a, it's a huge subject but what i can say is that the body keeps the score so all the emotions and the traumas everything that we have not dealt with or felt it's going to come up as uh you know indigestion bloating uh, skin rashes breakouts uh just pain in your muscles uh tinnitus i you know itching skin dry eyes all this sort of stuff is the body talking to you and and very often we we try to link okay i'm going to take a food allergy test which i did and it was very beneficial at the time but um but of course it matters what food you eat but it's more how you feel about yourself in your life and how you can learn to unpack these things this is why i work with like inner child work and and meditations and going back tracing and you don't have to spend a lifetime in therapy and you don't have to go in and relive the most painful things and sit there and become a victim again it's rather changing the stories and doing body movements there is something called shake and dance that people can look into where you literally just stand and shake your body for a long while and then you dance and you let it flow and whatever comes through cry do all this try to see well if it's your stomach what is connected to your stomach yeah it's your self-worth it's the i am right so and, and it's it's around what so it should be around five six seven plus um give or take that what happened during those years and if you can't remember because most of us can't maybe talk to your parents or look at photo albums or get help from someone that can actually see because there's something called emotion code where you can go in and like empty the trapped emotions in in memories and you don't have to relive it if it's too painful you can actually get help but it's to take a pill 
the quick fixes they're often more expensive than we think i tried healing myself that way you know the the penicillin for the skin issues and and the and whatever the glutamine, glutamine and everything like this for the stomach but when they're this when the nervous system and immune system are fried because there is stagnant energies stuck in your body and in your organs impacting their function it doesn't matter what you're going to take because it's going to come back when you stop taking it and so get to the cause and don't just treat the symptoms exactly and 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 be okay with it taking the time it's going to take it's the patience and it's like it's really hard because we live in a in a society where everything is supposed to come fast no like you open your phone you have you have the world at your fingertips you you order food it's there in 10 minutes if it's two minutes later you get angry like why i'm going to complain but it's like no but things and everything happens for a reason there's a lesson in everything we often grow much more from the ugly from the dark from the bad than we do from the good but we need Absolutely. to sit with it. We cannot yeah. run away from it. We need to sit with it. Yeah, I think that is very, very wise words of advice on the healing path. Absolutely. You know, we sometimes have to sit with those bad things because we can learn a lot from them, right? Everything happened for a reason. And, and it's like people get so mad when I say that. But it's like, yeah, it's it, and also it is what it is. And, and people, then I'm like, yeah, but it is what it is because of the, the 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 choices and the decisions that you make, and everything happens for a reason. Yes, some some people, karmic contracts, all this, some people and some things are meant to happen. But if you don't heal, they're going to come keep repeating. It's just going to be recycled experiences in other countries, other cities with other people. But Again, it is what it is, and everything happens for a reason. But if you heal, it is what it is. It will be something completely different. Mm -hmm. And the things that happen happens that happen for a reason is actually going to be more good things because you're changing your your vibrational frequency. It would seem that you are changing the meaning of the past by healing. You're you're changing it from something you're a victim to to okay. something that taught you and let you become who you are now and and become the strong person you are now yes and there comes the the forgiveness the forgiveness of the self and the forgiveness of others when we understand that everybody's doing their best best out of their level of consciousness and this is key they're doing their best from their level of consciousness doesn't mean that it's okay like the guy that kidnapped me in cape town like was that okay no no that was not okay but he was a gangster meth addict and he was doing the best that he could with what he had at the time when you understand that i don't have to love him i don't have to go back i don't but but i'm like ah, okay i see that and also the forgiveness for the self and that's usually the, the even harder one no if i only would have yeah but you didn't well that, that would be the thing right is that really then applies to the self and we can be so very hard on ourselves. And looking back at ourselves throughout all these different times, throughout the entire life, we can so easily focus on all the times we messed up, we were bad to others, we we did terrible things, right? And and so forgiveness of the self absolutely is a huge step forward as well. Because you also did the best you could with the level of consciousness that you had at the time and what sort of or to, to quote Eckhart Tolle, like the pain body patterns that were activated on you in the time, how much consciousness did you have? How aware were you of your actions, of your words? And then also where there are other substances involved. But mm -hmm. again, it's your choice. 
your life is your choice. We create our reality. And that's like, and that's a really hard one to, because people don't, a lot of people, they have resistance to the fact that we are magic and we can manifest and we can create, because that means that you are 111% responsible for your reality. There's a lot of responsibility <laughs> implied there. Exactly. Exactly. But either it's like, wow, okay, it's too much or wow. Okay, let's go. Let's do this. It's one or the other or both at the same time. Let's, let's be happy and scared at the same time or not. And if you take that level of responsibility, you can really transform your reality quite quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, Kaiza, thank you so much for all these wonderful uh, and some not so wonderful, but thank you for all elucidating uh, encounters and experiences that you've uh, you've talked about. Uh, where can, it sounds like you're doing wonderful healing work, both on yourself and others. Where can people find you online? What, where are your various things and where can they find your services? So I'm uh, I'm on Instagram at uh, Life of Kaisa, and that's uh, Kaisa K A J as in Jaguar S A, and it's the same name for the webpage Life with Kaisa at com, uh, and that's where I'm hanging out in despair right now. Um, that um, and I welcome. Yeah, I'm I'm op have, uh, opening for a few uh, new clients. I usually don't take in too many because I do quite deep work i give a lot of time to my to to my clients because it's i feel like it's a big responsibility um to help other to guide others to guide others back to themselves so that they can help themselves it's it's really all about that at the end of the day you cannot save anyone you can only save yourself fantastic well thank you so much for joining us kaisa and uh, you have a fantastic day take care thank you you too bye bye